0: hello everybody and welcome to episode 14 of high character uh UMass just played a series up in vermont where they scored 13 goals got two wins six points just a wonderful weekend my name is cameron i'm here with my buddy evan in person for the first time recording an episode of high character evan how you doing
1: man doing pretty well feels a little weird doing this in person posted up in our hotel room the night of the night of the second victory um Feels good. I mean, we got what we wanted, six points. Wonderful weekend up in Burlington. No complaints here. Feeling good.
0: Yeah, and they did what we what we asked them to do in the preview this weekend. Uh, both of these games, just no question. Uh, the first one, final score was 5-1. One. Second one, final score was 8-2. to two. Can't remember UMass scoring eight goals in a long, long time. So just a, a really good weekend all around. And, yeah, good vibes to take into the last series of the year against B.C.
1: Yeah, um, first time at the gut, Mm. a nice arena, definitely an old school barn, second game, absolute barn burner if you ask me, (laughs) just so many goals scored, so Uh, again, great series, I mean, there's really nothing bad that we can say, like, it's just, they did what they had to do against a weaker team.
0: Yeah, like Evan said, it was our first time at Gutterson Fieldhouse, we'll have the Gutterson Fieldhouse Arena Review coming out for you guys midweek, this upcoming week. We had really enjoyed our time there. Uh, got to talk to a lot of UMass fans that made the trip. Got to talk to Coach Carvel for a minute as he passed by during warm-ups, which was really cool. And yeah, just all around great, great time to be a UMass fan this weekend. So uh, yeah, how about we hop into this first game? Sounds great, go right it. I like it. So first game Friday night, uh, in Gutterson Fieldhouse, and this game was. All UMass from the very jump. Uh UMass all over all over Vermont. It took a little while to, to get that first goal across, but about halfway through the first, uh Scotty Morrow, assisted by UFCO, made it one nothing on the power play.
1: Yeah, and I mean we 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 call this a Scotty Morrow goal, but it, it kinda has a little asterisk next to it. Um it was basically lagging off that scored it. Um, <laughs> It was just you know, a well worked puck, kind of up along the point. I think he was kind of moving laterally left to right, just trying to look to get a shot. Might even been he was looking for a pass because it could have been an errant shot, you know, a weird pass. I'm pretty sure somebody was behind Laganoff at the time, tried to just redirect it with a skate, you know what I mean? Just trying to get it out of the zone, went directly into the net. <laughs> um, Might have been a little bit of double agent action from, from Laganoff. <laughs> so it would have been pretty cool. But, yeah, it was a good way to open it up on what was basically a dominant first half, you know, like yeah. of that period.
0: So. Yeah, absolutely. And then it took no time at all, uh, 27 seconds later, for Matt Kessel to bury another goal to make it
1: 2-0. Yeah, and just to touch upon that first goal again, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a 5-on-3. Mm-hmm. So, going, in, going into the second goal, I mean, we still had the power play going on a 5-on-4. And, again, it was just face-off, get possession of the puck, enter the zone. Um, face-offs were huge tonight. You know, we were able to enter the zone. Kessel was just kind of sitting there at the top of the point, kind of quarterbacking it all. Said, screw it. We got a bunch of bodies in front, try and rip it on net. Found found the back of the net. It was a heat seeker, you know what I mean? Like, it was just finding its way through bodies and, again, hit the back of the net on a solid opportunity.
0: Yeah, so that goal made it 2 nothing, and then four minutes later, Reed Lobster buried a pass from Eric Faith that I believe was a, a three-on-one cross-crease pass to make it 3 uh, towards the end of the first period.
1: Yeah, if I remember, it looked like more of a two-on-one. I think it was mainly just Reed and um, Faith going in. Faith showed a lot of speed in the neutral zone. He kind of just caught the puck, you know, facing the other way, kind of facing towards Murray, kind of chipped it off the boards over to himself and just blew by his man, making it a two-on-one. And it was just... An absolute wide-open pass, you know what I mean? Like, you have to be able to make those passes across. It was a great pass, great receive, and buried in the back of the net on a sprawling Vermont goalie and just couldn't get it done.
0: Yes, so some some depth scoring there, something that <sighs> we've been asking of, of UMass for a while. And so UMass took this game into the first intermission 3-0, and this was really a sign of things to come for this whole series. Uh, UMass looking really good vermont only had three shots the entire first period so just just dominance and really what we wanted to see from umass uh coming into this game not taking it easy
1: yeah i mean in that first period we mainly talked about the goals but the defensive play was very solid as well i think it was just an overall very dominant two-way game that we showed in the first period um again against a uvm team that really can't seem to get things going offensively they really lack scoring power um their main guy, like we said, was lagging off. And we, we we saw in that first period, you know, much to his team's own dismay, he can put pucks in the back of the net um, just for the wrong team in that case, but he, he does get one back a little later. So we can't rag on him too much. But, yeah, it was a great first period for the Minutemen there.
0: Right, yeah, so 3-0 at the first intermission. And the second period, it seemed like Vermont seemed to seemed to find themselves a little bit more. Uh, they got a power play and actually shot a – uh, puck off the crossbar, um, so Vermont ramped up the pressure just a little bit. But about seven seven forty eight into the second period, Oliver McDonald scored an unassisted goal to make it four nothing.
1: Yeah, if I remember correctly, you kind of just took the puck out of the corner. I think we were forechecking really well in their in their, um, in their zone, and just puck managed to kind of trickle over to him. wheeled around kind of towards that you know that that right hand side faceoff dot if you're kind of looking towards the goalie. And really just kind of nipped it, I think, far post off the... Might have been off the post? I think it was post and end. Yeah, Yeah. it was a bad angle. Far side, yeah, really tough angle. It was a hell of a shot from him. And especially considering that he was the extra forward that game, he wasn't even really guaranteed a whole lot of playing time, and he really made the most of it. It was really good to see for him because I think he's been working pretty hard. He's been doing some underrated things on that, you know, extra forward, fourth-line spot. Um yeah, I'm really happy for him. I thought it was a great shot and a great goal.
0: Yeah, and we've uh, signed up things to come for Oliver McDonald in this series. Uh, he played really well, and just a really outstanding single effort out of him right there. Uh, and then about three minutes later in the second period, uh, outstanding pass from Ryan Go to a streaking Bobby Trevino for a goal that looked very similar to what we saw last weekend against UConn.
1: Yeah, it was Damn near a carbon copy. Um, It just wasn't really on, like, an opening face-off from the start of a new period. I mean, Ufko's vision on that was great. I'm pretty sure Bobby was calling for it. You know, they clearly seem to have a little bit of chemistry with each other. Um, Yeah, again, just an unbelievable pass. And it really highlighted Bobby's speed, in my opinion. Like, just his ability to kind of, like, close the gap. Because if you look at a slower skater there, they're not going to be able to make as much of a chance out of that because they're most likely going to get cut down by the defense. And he just was zooming on net in hell of a shot again. Like, just an absolute, might have been post again, or maybe yeah, it was just upper our side corner. our in. Unbelievable shot. I mean, our shooting this weekend was just unreal. I mean, credit to the UVM goalie really didn't give us a whole lot to shoot at. Um, It probably doesn't look great on his stat sheet, just all these goals against, but frankly, it could have been a lot worse for him. <laughs> like, yeah. he made some really unbelievable stops, you know, to try and keep his team as much in it as humanly possible you know when it's the worst team against the best team in hockey east these types of things are going to happen but yeah focusing on bobby again just hell of a shot hell of a play
0: yeah absolutely and his goal made it five nothing and uh there was another vermont power play where they ran the crossbar later in this in this period but Emas was able to take it into the second intermission up five nothing and uh I guess there's not too much for us to say about the third. Uh, UMass didn't score again, uh, as as if you watch the game, as you know, Philip Laganoff, um, former UMass player, scored an amazing goal in the national championship last year. Scored a goal for Vermont to uh, about halfway through the third to make it five one. Uh, just wanted to give a little little shout out to him on there. It was pretty cool to see see him score. A lot of UMass fans cheering for him after that with the game already already in hand.
1: Yeah, this might not be probably the best look on us from as, from a from a UMass fan perspective, but we were going ballistic when he scored. Like, I if if any of the players or coaching staff are watching this, this was no ill will towards the team at all. We were just trying to cheer on a former Minuteman that clearly meant so much to us during his four years here. Um, and it was a good goal too. Like, yeah, it looked picked like the corner. It looked like he kind of just split the two defensemen, and there was just a bouncing puck there, and he managed to just kind of chip on it and. I think it went bar down yeah like it was pretty nuts um so all credit to him there I mean they're really you you could say that the defense could have closed them down a little bit better but I mean Laganoff's clearly you know an amazing player (laughs) like there's no doubt about that yeah obviously if we were able to kind of keep grad transfers or you know these graduate students in general but I think we were trying to keep the timeline of the players you know just normalized especially with all the whole COVID extra year stuff would have been great to keep him on the team but things happen you know coaching staffs make their decisions and again really happy for him you know on this play like out of all the players on the team he clearly deserved it you know what I mean like he was the one that was making the most difference for that UVM team offensively so yeah good goal.
0: Yeah good goal uh that goal made it five to one and I thought UMass kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit as this game kind of weaned to an end but that was the final score five one and uh one other note we did see Pavicek come in for Murray right after that goal. I think uh, Carvel was keeping him in for the shutout. As soon as that was over, he kind of, kind of yanked him. But other than that, a pretty, pretty spotless night for UMass. Just quality goal scoring, depth scoring, uh, uh, no sweat kind of win in a game that you had to win. Quite frankly. Yeah, that's the
1: thing I really want to highlight here is like I don't know if again the coaching staff players are listening in but we've been we or at least mainly me I'd like to think like been harping on the depth scoring really need to see that come through and it did you know what mm-hmm. I mean like that's that's great to see against a a team that you really do kind of want to see everybody get involved because you're not going to be as challenged um so a great thing to see I think that lebster um the lebster faith key fuke line mm-hmm. unreal I saw Lautenbach doing a lot of stuff in the forechecking end, like again chicken with his head cut off, like man just go, go, go all the time Don Brown, of the football team, I think would be very proud of him, it was just F that, <laughs> let's go, like yep. he just has that type of mentality um, Yeah, it was great to see the other lines chipping in as well, that was, a, that was a real big thing for me and
0: really happy to see that this game Yeah, absolutely, and Felt good to go go into the second game with a win. Is there any anything else you really want to hit upon? No, I game? think
1: I think this game was pretty cut and dry. Mm-hmm. You know that third period, you you really can't be that shocked that the team kind of lets up a little bit. You don't yeah. want to you don't yeah. want to get injured. You don't want to overexert yourself in a game that's clearly a win. I think there might have been. I'm gonna try and pull up the box score again because I want to see the penalties. I don't remember. I know Anthony DelGuizzo had a moment. I think it was in this game. He uh, there was a charging call. Mm. <laughs> I want to briefly touch upon. I love the enthusiasm. Absolutely oh yeah! Absolutely appreciate the enthusiasm. Impose your will on the team. Mm. Um, but like I can kind of see why the refs called it. You know, if that game was one-one, you know, going into the third like that, I think it was the third period when it happened. It Might have been the second.
0: Yeah, it was the second. But yeah, we were already up five. Exactly.
1: So. Like if that game was one-one, refs probably putting his whistle away for that. But we're up as much as we were at that yep. point. He's going to call that and try and calm the game down. Right. Like I don't blame the ref there, but love the enthusiasm it was a great hit, in my opinion I, I liked it <laughs> but yeah yeah I think I think we're good to go on to the next game here
0: all right awesome so yeah five one final in game one uh, the two of us had quite the day in Burlington it's our, our first time up here so uh, you'll have to check out our little adventures on uh, our vlog that we're coming out with at some point next week so that'll be that'll be something cool to look forward to but yeah uh back to gutters and fieldhouse for game two you met uh Vermont definitely came out in this game. Uh, with a different game plan for UMass. Uh seemed like it took UMass a while to kind of kind of get a hold of what was happening, but uh there was an early Vermont power play, very questionable call, but we won't complain too much when yeah. we get a win about that kind of call. Yeah. But uh yeah, UMass's penalty kill which was actually very good in this series. We got to give that credit. Was able to hold it. Um we noted a a fantastic shift about halfway through the first period that I think you wanted to touch upon a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, it was um, the Faith line. It was, yeah, I just remember Lautenbach being a big, yeah big Lu- integral yeah, part of it. Yeah, no, Lautenbach had a hell of a shift on that one. Um, it was just, I, yeah, Del Geizo too. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to think. I think it was Mercury was center that line. Mm-hmm. That was the third line at the yeah. time, or maybe they switched in to the second. Whatever. We're just riding the the They high were making some game. subs during the during yeah. The shift things were getting so. shifted around too. Yeah, because it, it was a long shift. Yeah, like, that was like an hour, <laughs> or an hour. Yeah, a <laughs> minute and a half. It felt like an hour, probably yep. for the U M or the U V M fans. But we were just having them in their own zone the whole time, just not giving up on the play. You know, those types of things don't go unnoticed. Like I think I think we saw a lot of play from Kessel too at that point. Yeah, he was kind of pinching up, throwing the body. doing, oh, yeah. doing good things there. But just really wanted to highlight that, that those things don't go unnoticed. I know a lot of the fans around us were like, holy crap, like what are we seeing right now? Mm. And again, I mean, it is UVM at the end of the day, but you, you can't discredit that. Like the effort right there is going to have to come no matter who you're playing against. And, right. Yeah, it was, it was just such an important play that really kind of, I think, got us back there because we kind of had like the slow, chippy start to the game mm. where nobody could really settle the puck and really get anything going. Nothing was really all that clean. But I feel like that shift was kind of a big turning point where just the effort yeah. and the energy just kind of tripled, you know, and we were just playing a, a lot better from that point onward.
0: Right, and I think I think some might say Vermont actually had the edge in this period, at least the first part of it. But yeah, that after that shift, about 12 minutes, and you could see the ice kind of start to tilt back towards UMass as they figured out the Vermont defense... And then it, it paid off late in the first period, about two, two minutes left. There was a three-on-one, and Leipster buried the first goal to make it 1-0, UMass.
1: Yeah, and this goal was almost identical to the other Leipster goal. I mean, that one was, I'm pretty sure, that was that was Faith that ended up having the assist yep. on that. But very similar vibe, basically, just cutting up along that left wing. Um Fuke Keith, Keith, had the assist on yeah, this one. Yeah, and I yeah. think this one ended up actually being a three on one. So yeah. he had a couple of different options. But again, I think he picked the far side. Yep. And just, again, sprawling goaltender, leaving a lot of net open. Take your time, settle the puck down, pick the shot. And that's all she wrote. You know what I mean? Like, you really can't overexplain this type of goal. Three on ones, you know, and that's something that I want to mention too, just over the course of the whole series. We had a decent amount of odd-man rushes, and we capitalized very well. Yeah, we really I I want to say that there was a couple of opportunities that we had like that in the previous series against UConn that kind of got shut down a little bit, either Mm -hmm. due to a poor pass, you know, a a good breakup by the defense or whatever. But that didn't really seem to happen this time. We kind of picked our pass as well, and we passed with a purpose, and we found our guy. And it was a great thing to see. Um, Long may it continue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the conversion rate this series was – phenomenal and definitely definitely higher than what UMass has been averaging on the season uh, and that takes us to the second uh, the score was one nothing going into this period innocent enough right but uh, the period would not end in a similar fashion so to start the scoring uh, UMass had a power play about two minutes into the second period and Matt Kessel uh, all the way out by the blue line just nipped one
1: yeah, good goal. this whole period is going to be a doozy. Bear with us. This is going to be a long <laughs> one to go through, but it's going to be a, a fun one to go through with everybody who's listening, and I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about this period. But, yeah, this Kessel goal, damn near, a, I'd say, a carbon copy of the one that he scored in the first game. Mm-hmm. Um, another just kind of Kessel sitting at the top of the point lurking around, waiting for that pass to come, sees that shooting lane open up. Doesn't rip a bomb. He doesn't have to. He has a very solid wrister as right. well, and he just – again it, it's just one of those twine seeking missiles just kind of finding its way you know mm-hmm. serpentining through all the you know the people in front of the net goalie can't see it boom straight to the back of the net love to see it
0: yeah definitely love to see it that's Kessel's second uh, of the series and then UVM did apply some pressure as the period went on uh took it all the way to about five minutes left in the period and this is where the fun really started to happen so. Uh, the second goal of the period was a Lopina power play goal on a really nice pass from Scott Morrow.
1: Yeah, Scott Morrow kind of found himself you know in that corner. Um, I think he was just kind of cheating up a little bit. you know there's a little bit of rotation going on you know just with our power play. Um, just kind of finding the flow. I think somebody was trying to I forget who it was, but somebody was kind of along those boards right there, you know maybe waiting seeing if Morrow gonna drop pass and Morrow kind of shook his defender off by faking the drop pass and kept going spun around, sees Lupina, and, you know, sort of the slot, kind of just that soft spot where the defense really can't get any any sticks in the area and just rips it home. Like,
0: it was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, great goal there, and that made it 3 Uh Very quickly after, about three minutes later, we get the fourth UMass goal of the night, which was a nice pass from Reed Lebster to Cal Kiefuke.
1: Yeah, no, Kiefuke and Lebster were massive this weekend. Um, yeah. I think that whole line was just very skillful, very speedy. It was They They did the things that we knew that they had in them the whole time. They just weren't really coming out as much, at right. least in my opinion. Um, but they really came out of their, I don't want to say a shell. It's not like they were you know, playing poorly, but just they weren't showing up on the score sheet. Right. And I think all those pent-up goals that just weren't popping up before really came out this weekend. Right, in, bu- in bunches. Exactly. It was yeah. another odd man rush, another two-on-one. Um. I want to say Keith, you had, had a faith on the other side of him. You know, the the defender was kind of cheating over trying to play that pass. Kifu mm-hmm. said, you know what, sure, I'm going to rip it. You know, yeah. we'll see what happens, test the goalie, which I want to see more of. I feel like sometimes teams tend to get a little too cute. Right. You know, I mean, obviously we passed a couple times in the previous, you know, you know, throughout the course of the series, and it's worked out great. You got to switch it up sometimes. You know, you don't want to overthink it. You're essentially in an, it's almost a breakaway at that point with the right. defense been cheating over so much. Take the shot, you know what I mean? Test the goalie out and he did. It's a lovely shot, bottom corner. The goalie couldn't do right. anything about it.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a sign. I think I think throughout this season we've seen UMass every once in a while get a little too pass happy. The series it seemed like they, they really were taking the shot more often than not instead of looking for the pass and it really paid off. Uh, maybe maybe something to look forward to as we go into the end of the regular season here. But yeah, thirty nine seconds after that, nice key few goal. Uh, Scott Morrow. I mean, you've you've seen this exact kind of goal earlier this season. He kind of starts at the blue line and just deeks past absolutely everybody, including the goalie, for for what ends up being a really easy backhanded toss into the net. Yeah,
1: I'm trying to remember right now what team that was against the, Lowell. I, I believe. I think it was Lowell. Yeah, yeah it was at Mullins, and yeah. hell of a goal that was. I mean, he th- this one again, carbon copy essentially. He was just. I want to say it was Geizo in the zone which He's kind of wheeling around with the puck, looking to pass it because he was covered. Yeah. Sees Moro. I think he's coming off of a line change. Basically, He's coming straight up the ice, right in the middle. You know, right at the top of the point. Basically, right in the middle. And he has a little bit of speed, a little bit of you know, a little bit of momentum. And he just kind of starts shifting around. You know, like again, snaky. That's the thing about Moro is that he's super agile. Might not have that crazy top, you know, top tier just straight line speed, mm-hmm. but. The man's edge work that oh, that, yeah. guy, that guy can move. Elite, like, elite. It's, it's he looks he looks like McDavid out there. Yeah. Sometimes. Again, not speed wise, but just his his agility is just unrivaled. And
0: so he's like got the puck on a string
1: sometimes. Yeah, and I mean his his legs are just doing unbelievable yeah. things. But yeah, his ability to just kind of skate around people had a couple guys in front of the net, um, some of our own guys, and basically was just almost setting a pick like for the goalie. <laughs> like goalie can't see around him. He's kind of like off balance a little bit, not really sure what to do. Moro has an open lane, takes it to the outside, tucks it backhand. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of that weird case where it's like you want to see maybe him take the shot, but, I mean, clearly it works out in this case. But I do kind of notice sometimes a propensity to where he can literally just walk the puck into the net. Mm. Never saying it's a bad thing, you know what I mean? If he got the ability to do it, go and do it. Like, right. clearly it's there. I'm, no, I'm not complaining about a goal, but it's definitely something that I've seen to be a recurring theme. Sometimes he just kind of is – it's a great thing to know that he's able to do that. Right. But sometimes against those better teams, you're not going to be able to just walk right. it right in like that. But, again, it is UVM, and his, his hands were on full display on that right. goal.
0: And we have seen that type of goal against a good team. It was against Lowell earlier this season. That's yeah, re- it's really impressive. It's something that I've never really yeah. seen from somebody in college hockey, the ability to multiple times in a season just be able to walk it into the goal. Just highlight Un- real type of stuff. Yeah, unmatched, just yeah, very impressive, like you said. That goal made it five nothing and it looked like that's how we'd end the period. Yeah. But uh Ryan Ufko had other plans. I'm going to steal your thunder a little bit. A piss missile for Ryan Ufko at 19.59 in the second period. they ended up reviewing it. It stood, and UMass took a 6-0 lead into the
1: intermission. I'm going to say this. Like, it's one of those cases, like, and I cannot stress this enough, a piss missile, (laughs) like, just gets the puck up along along the point, 1T, twine-seeking missile, Mm. clap bomb, just going straight for the net. It was... A beautiful thing to see. I think the goalie might have got a small piece of it, and it kind of worried me a little bit because, like, knowing that, like, I'm pretty sure the pass went off, and there was about two seconds left, and I'm like, bro, get it on that, get it yeah, on that. Yeah. Like, just try and <laughs> shove it towards the goalie. And, uh, yeah, I thought with the goalie getting – it might even been, like, tipped out by, like, one of the UVM defensemen or something, but um, I I thought even just with that little tiny bit of, like – slower speed on the puck due to either there being a tip or, like, the goalie hitting or something. I'm like, maybe it might not have even went in in time because mm-hmm. I knew that the time was just going so, like, it was trickling down so slow at that point. Yeah. But it ended up, I think, the time left on the clock after the goal was maybe .6 seconds. Yeah. Like, it, Ridiculous. it, it was it was hanging on by a thread. But, yeah, another great goal. Um, That's the second one from UFCO on absolute just one tee from the point in two games. Yeah. Like... That's something I want to see a lot more of. I think offensively, Ufko is really starting to shine. His passing and his vision have been amazing. By God, man, his shot is nice as hell, too. <laughs> like, it's it's great. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, so that means UMass took a 6-0 a lead into the third period. Um, didn't really step off the gas like we saw in Game 1. They really played hard in the third. Uh, did not Didn't show up on the goal sheet until about halfway through. But uh, nine minutes in, Aaron Bollinger kind of walked the blue line and, and tossed the puck on net for a power play goal.
1: Yeah, and this was kind of a, a weird one for me, at least just kind of looking at it from, like, a casual's perspective. Um, it, it looked a little weird when it was um kind of going towards them. It looked like they were originally excuse me, trying to find Oliver McDonald in the slot. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is something that Carvell is trying to draw up on, like some sort of set play, or it might have been one of the assistant coaches. I don't know who draws up the plays. I'm not in the right. in, I'm not in the program. Love to get the coaches on the program. You know, get, get <laughs> on the, guys the po- <laughs> Yeah. On our program, we can ask them. But um it was a case where it was kind of a softer pass going towards I think it was McDonald, and they lifted up a stick, but didn't try and get the puck. Yeah. And Bollinger's right behind. So the puck's going through cleanly. Bollinger's able to grab it. Goalie's not expecting there to have the guy get the puck. So he's all of a sudden trying to shift over even more than he was originally trying to when he was trying to look at McDonald. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Bollinger takes his time, kind of sets his feet, does a little shimmy. Goalie's off balance. He's like, oh, whoa, whoa. Like, I, was, I was expecting this to hit the boards. Yep. <laughs> and just, he had basically the entire top half of the net to shoot at. Yep. Ripped it home. I mean, I'm running out of ways to describe this, like to end how a goal happens. Because I'm not expecting to have eight goals in one game. <laughs> like, I'm trying <laughs> my best. He's that, running out of
0: material. I'm here, trying folks. my
1: best to not sound repetitive here, but like I'm not Jack Edwards. I'm not some crazy color commentator no. guy. I'm a UMass grad trying to talk about a team that I love. But just, it's unbelievable to see. Like this, yeah. this is what we wanted this weekend, and we got it. I hope you got it in you for another one. So, uh, <laughs> only only 22
0: seconds later, UVM does uh, break the seal and get their first goal. Timothy Spitzeroff. You might, you might recognize that last name. He uh, originally committed to UMass, and UMass said, hey, we aren't going to have you this year. So he decided to jump ship uh, and play for Vermont. But, yeah, he, he's the one that broke the, the, the shutout and made it 7-1.
1: Yeah, and up until this point, I kind of had like a light bulb go off in my head thinking like, okay, you know, every single goal scorer for either team has had some sort of connection to UMass. And I'm like, this is really cool. Um, it was a pretty nice goal. I'm not gonna lie; I don't remember it too well at this point because I'm literally just crapping my pants over how well UMass played yeah. up until this point. I'm high-fiving people in the stands. I'm sitting <laughs> here with some of the fight mask guys. Like I'm, I'm loving life at this point. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it was a clean goal from what I remember. Um, I was kind of shocked to see like Spitzerov because I knew he was like a fourth line guy. I think he had two points all in the season at this point. Yeah. I'm thinking like, is he really gonna be that much of a of an impact player here? And, hell, he proved me wrong. Congrats yeah. to him. You know, he scores, you know, gets a little bit of a revenge gut punch to yep. us. But, hey, these, th- these things happen, you know. Yeah. It's, and that that's one thing that I do want to bring up, though, is our propensity to not get shutouts.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I think, I don't want to say that we crumble in the third period because there's no way you can crumble when you're up this much. But we do have the ability to kind of falter and let one up. Like, it was really unfortunate in that UConn game. I'm pretty sure, granted, though, it was like a six on four where we concede. But you, you want to be able to kind of close, you know, seal the deal there mm-hmm. and not let teams claw their way back into stuff. Right. Um, again, we let in another goal against UVM in that first game with, you know, it was in the third period. I think it was in the the, the second half of that third period. You just, I really just want to be able to say that we can get a shutout here because Murray deserves it. Like, man, like, I don't think we mentioned it yet, but like, Murray's goaltending this series. Phenomenal. Unreal. Phenomenal. They, they had a couple of pretty solid opportunities and... You know, you're sitting there like, all right, they're about to get a, sl- a shot going in the high slot right now on pretty solid opportunity. Right. And Murray just kind of sticks out the glove and just cool, calm, and collected. He's like, Nah, I'm not gonna let that happen. You know, right. like it's like it's like uh, like Mr. Miyagi and um, what is it, The Karate Kid? And he's taking like a pair of chopsticks, like snatching out a fly out of the sky. You're Like, <laughs> how the hell is this guy able to do that with yeah. such relative ease and coolness? But yeah, it it, it sucks that we're not able to kind of give him the shutout that I think he frankly deserves. He's been playing out of his mind, and I think a shutout's kind of just the perfect way to, like, put the icing on the cake, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, again, yeah, it's, it's not the end of the world, but I'd like to see it happen.
0: Yeah, Murray was outstanding. Like you said, these absolutely could have been different games if he, if he wasn't at his usual form like he was this weekend. But, yeah, we still uh, got a couple more goals to mention uh, just a minute and a half after that Spitzerov goal. Oliver McDonald finds himself on a breakaway and got his second goal of the series.
1: Yeah, it was, I think he was coming off of, I think it was a line change, and the stars just kind of aligned for him. Yeah. You know, like, we ended up getting the puck at the perfect time. He kind of was just sitting in behind the defenseman. He was calling for He's like, hey, let me get the puck, let me get the puck. And in all alone, coming in from the right-hand side, and I think he slots a Cooley five-hole. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I mean, ag- against a goalie, which at that point I'm pretty sure was the backup, mm-hmm. um, Probably had a little bit of nerves. You sitting there kind of like, oh, God, like, big break. Wait, what do I do? And Oliver <laughs> McDonald's just kind of sitting there saying, you know what I'm about to do, buddy. You got no like, <laughs> there's, no chance. You know he had to do it to yeah. him. Like, just absolutely cool. Com- he, I don't think he just kind of passed it in. It wasn't even that crazy of a shot, but just the five hole was so wide open. It was there. He, he, yeah. he, he can't not take it. So, yeah, that, that kind of ends off the scoring for us in this game. But, yeah.
0: That made it eight eight one UMass. Uh, Vermont's William Lemay scored with two minutes left to make it eight two. We don't really have to touch on that, but yeah, eight eight two was our final in the second game. And if you if you think about it on aggregate, UMass outscored Vermont thirteen to three this weekend, which is just awesome. Like you can't really you can't really ask for more.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, I'm trying to like put this into like. I'm trying to think of, like, another sport that uses aggregate scoring just to try and, like, put it in perspective. Like, it's almost like in soccer when, like, you see, like, national teams try and qualify for the World Cup. Like, you got Spain up against, like, I don't know, the Cayman Islands for some weird reason. (laughs) You're like, why the hell are they even playing two games against each other? And why is the score... Like, what's the point? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're sitting there just saying, what is the point here? Like, stop. They're already dead. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, I don't want to rag on UVM too much. They've... They've had a, a rough go this season. You know, I have no ill will towards them whatsoever. Right. You know, this is not a case of me just trying to crap all over them. Like, they they need time. You know, again, they're, they're basically in our shoes back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Like, relatively new coach, trying to get all of his guys in. They could very well be a powerhouse in, you know, a couple years. I don't, I'm not saying that a UMass type of turnaround is on the cards for any team. You know, there's there's no way you can say that that's you know the the normal expectation. I think what Carvel did in a short amount of time here is unprecedented. Oh yeah. There's there's yeah, no yeah. way that can be a reasonable expectation. But I was talking to a couple of UVM fans in the stands, and
0: I th- shout out UVM fans. Yeah. She, they were all very positive. She's having a Super bad season, nice
1: people. Like. Yeah. I was talking. Yeah. I mean, just the whole state of Vermont, at least in Burlington, everybody was super nice. Yeah. It was it was a great experience overall, but. I was talking to some people in the stands, and, you know, they, they kind of felt bad. Like, they kind were like, yeah, you know, this this type of series was coming. But, like, a lot of the conversation that I was having with them was saying, like, college hockey is kind of cyclical. You know, like, sometimes a team will be on top of the world. Sometimes, you know, you'll see the season. Mm-hmm. They were expected to achieve so much, and they don't. And then you see teams like Merrimack just shooting up out of nowhere. Yeah. You know what I mean? like. You can never completely predict these types of things. I don't see UVM being in the dumps for all that much longer. They could very well turn it around in a short amount of time. And I hope they do because they're fans and they're... I feel like the league is just better off for it if UVM's yeah. doing well. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we, we wish we could see Gutterson Fieldhouse more full, more lively, that kind of thing. Uh, we've heard we heard stories about... the the noise that that building can produce uh, and the the type of atmosphere that could be there. We didn't get a chance to really see it, but uh, looking forward to seeing that someday. And I just kind of wanted to shift the the focus back to UMass a little bit. Uh, Looking at the series as a whole, I think I just wanted to give a shout out to the entire special teams unit for UMass. I mean, I was just going through, they scored six power play goals between the first two games, two in the first and four in the second, which is just Incredibly impressive. Uh, you, Vermont got the the one goal on Friday, lagging off goal on the power play. Yep. But uh, other than that, that was the only power play goal that UMass led up. So penalty kill looked a lot lot better. Um, just very good-looking special teams both ways.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I really want to kind of detract, or I don't want to detract from the fact that we're playing against UVM because we can only evaluate the team on who who's in front of us. You know what I mean? Like, they can only play who's scheduled for them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to, you know, have this entire conversation be like, oh, yeah, let's take this with a grain of salt because they're playing against a team that's at the bottom of Hockey East. No, screw that. The team's playing very well right now. I'm really hoping they can ride that sort of momentum into BC because it has to happen. You know, BC is now, I mean, for the past couple weekends now, we have to say that this is the most important series because it really is. You know, like, we can't falter at any point because – really trying to lock up that regular season championship spot and it's definitely doable at this point we did our job this weekend we have some a little bit more work to do next weekend but i'm fully confident if we play the way that we did this series we're going to be able to carry that momentum in the next series and get the job done
0: absolutely yeah and we'll we'll hit a touch on those out of town hockey scores and their implications in a little bit but uh yeah, is there anything else for these two games you want to talk about before we get into awards?
1: Not really. I mean, just a great series overall. That's I really can't stress it enough. It just We did exactly what we had to do, and I just want to commend the boys. You know, commend everybody affiliated with the program. Great series. Keep it up.
0: Yep, do it again next week. Cool, so uh, we'll jump into awards now. The first award that we give out on High Character is the CCC Award, Carvel's Character and Compete Award. And uh, a lot of guys to choose from from this series, obviously, with <laughs> yeah. the scoring. Uh, but I think that we are going to have to hand it off today to Matt Kessel. He scored two goals, uh, just looked really solid all around defensively. A couple instances today, even saved, saved a goal. Yeah. So just all-around phenomenal play from him, and he's our CCC award winner this weekend.
1: Yeah, and I think we definitely wanted Kessel to kind of step up because we knew that he had yep. it in him. We, we definitely mentioned this. I mean, again, I think the first... Um, we've mainly been giving this award to forwards and I feel like a lot of our uh our, our nice try awards have been going towards defensemen we're kind of flipping the script now you know like I think this is the second time in a row yeah we've had we last weekend yeah we also played great by the way just a yeah. side note yeah again whole team played great I'd I'd be hard pressed to not just give the the award to the entire team mm-hmm. we played great but yeah no I think I think Kessel really shown this weekend um really good job kind of finding the the way to kind of pick his shots and score you know when it mattered on the power play his defensive play was super underrated I feel like we don't really talk about like the defense like a lot I feel like podcasters kind of don't really do that in general when they're talking about their team it seems like it's all, always really offensive focused yeah um and yeah no I wanted to touch upon the fact that he saved a goal straight up like we were kind of I think, I forget which series it was but we mentioned that a couple of goals, he seemed a little bit out of position, wasn't clearing out the net very properly, completely different this time. And um,
0: absolutely phenomenal on the penalty kill, especially. Exactly, yeah, yeah, no, he
1: was clearing out the front of the net very well, um, I think there was a couple of rebound chances where UVM could have kind of put it in the back of the net, and mm-hmm. he was either there to kind of chop down on the stick, or lift the stick yep. up, or clear the puck away, he was just always very alert, very aware, he was doing his job very, you know, to the best of his ability, which... He has a lot of ability, you know what I mean? Like, we know just how good he can be because he's done that before, and I think he really put it on display this weekend.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and obviously a lot of guys that could have gotten this award with, with all the scoring and good play from UMass, but Kessel's the one that really caught our eye this weekend on, yeah. on both sides of the puck. We were really impressed. Definitely. So the second award that we give out on high character is the Nice Try UMass Award, and uh, you might you might think it'll be hard for us to find – Somebody who uh, needs work after a series like that, and you're right, it is. Um, I think we're this awards a little bit of a cop out for us this weekend with how well the team played, but uh, the nice try award, nice try UMass award, is actually going to us.
1: Yeah, it's going to the High Character Podcast because we straight up misquoted the tweet that we're <laughs> actually basing this award off of. Ever yeah, ever since this podcast
0: started, uh, we've been calling it the Nice Try UMass Award. And the tweet that it's actually based off of is, good try UMass. So uh, that's on us. We've been making that mistake the entire time so far. And uh, going forward, we're going to make it good try UMass award.
1: Yeah, and I'm kind of happy because I think we noticed it pretty recently too. Like It was a case where we were really hoping to have a really good series to where we can just kind of blame it on ourselves (laughs) because we don't we don't want to give out this award you know what I mean but I feel like it's a little bit weird if we could say yeah nobody's getting it this week like we want to at least make it a little bit entertaining for you guys so yeah that's on us right we're kind of kicking ourselves in our own butt right now but these you know sometimes you can't always get it right um we probably should have checked it out a little better before but um yeah
0: (laughs) right and and genuinely we don't have anybody in mind that we think deserved it for UMass like I, I really don't think anybody played poorly enough or made any kind of boneheaded things to where we would say they deserve it.
1: I no, think. not any UMass players. I think no. the the only one, the only player in general that I can think of was number seventeen on a uh, UVM. Apparently, an assistant captain. Um, Questionable. wasn't wasn't really showing much character. No. <laughs> um, got called in a couple of a couple of penalties. I frankly don't remember if they were valid penalties or not. But this man was angry like maybe that's what the A on 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 the assistant captain thing stood for was angry um maybe assertive but he he was definitely not happy with the refs uh both nights um got sent to the box a couple times at least tonight um slamming doors punching punching glass like yeah. man man was just disrespectful like I was I was worried about him but yeah that's the only guy I could think of that could use a uh a nice try or a good try good award try. now. i got to start getting that out of my vocabulary. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit more conditioned to doing yep. that. But, yeah, I think, I think on that note we can move on a little bit.
0: Yeah, so good try us, good try number 17 on Vermont. Yeah. And then, so the final award that we give out is a custom award. And the award we're going with today is the Forever a Minute Man Award. And this award is going to Philip Laginoff. Not only did he score a goal for his current team, UVM, this weekend, but he scored a goal for UMass. Yeah. So, <laughs> thank you, Philip Laganoff, for staying a minute, man, through and through, through your whole career.
1: Yeah, and again, don't want to rag on the guy too much. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a great player. And, I mean, people are probably like, well, he's not a UMass player anymore. It's a custom award. We can make our own rules we, here. We I, do what
0: we want. <laughs> yeah,
1: this, this is where all the rules just go out the window. Mm-hmm. We can't even say the rules go out the window because there are no rules. Like,
0: we, make the,
1: we make the rules. We make it's the fine. rules. So, yeah, no, but regardless of all the ragging on him for an errant deflection off of his, his skate blade like come on that's really unlucky in the grand scheme of things he did play pretty solid this weekend for UVM um really happy for him just really trying to think about all the good things that he's done for the program over his four years yeah from what i've been hearing from other fans and other people that know him pretty well really really nice guy really good kid um hope nothing but for, nothing but the best for him Absolutely. you know what i mean um yeah yeah
0: <laughs> everybody should remember that dangle goal that he scored in the national championship last year. Obviously his last ever game as a minute, man. Yeah. And, uh, he's, he seems to be really well liked by the guys you saw after game two. He, every, he was at the, uh, the back of the handshake line. Every UMass player gave him a long, heartfelt hug or handshake, something, that kind of thing. So, uh, great guy. Uh, very happy to have him on UMass for the last four years. And, uh, Really good career all around.
1: Yeah, as everybody was kind of funneling out of the stadium, it was us. I think some of the fight mask guys. There was a couple more UMass Twitter guys up in the up in the stands, and we were just going ballistic for him, mm-hmm. like just screaming "lagging off, lagging off." I'm, I I'm kind of I'm pretty sure I saw Ty Farmer chuckle a little bit. He might <laughs> he might have taken a look at us, but um, yeah, no, I mean everybody's in really high spirits. We couldn't say enough good things about him. Um, really hope that he can find some success after UVM. Yeah. Um in his professional hockey career if he decides to continue it. I really hope he does. He's yeah. a fun player to watch. Um yeah. It's, it's really it. Yeah. Um, Goes to show if you
0: if you help UMass win a national championship, fans are never gonna forget. Never. Forget about you. So never. That is the Forever a Minute Man Award, Philip Laginoff. So uh, yeah, I guess I guess the last thing we could do before we sign off is get you some of those hockey east scores. Um like we said in the the series preview, big implications this series and another other series had on the um, the final standings. We talked about in the preview and then tweeted out after game one what uh, what UMass would need to eliminate some of the the teams from hockey's contention. And I'll kind of summarize those as I go through the scores. So uh, Northeastern and UConn played. That was the, the biggest the biggest series of the bunch. In terms of implications, and Northeastern took all six points. They won three to one at home on Friday, and then they won five to two in Hartford, which really convincing. Uh, now that they have Devin Levi back, it seems like Northeastern might be for real.
1: That dude's nuts. I'm pretty yeah. sure he had exactly 100 saves on the weekend. I think he had 60 in the first game, which I'm... 60, 60 like, don't just, like, go over that number. That's yeah, insane. Yeah. Six that's zero 0 in, in regulation. I, I cannot that's stress insane. this enough. Yeah, it was an absolute nutty amount of saves. When I was reading the tweet, I thought there was a typo. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that ties a, like, school record. Yeah. Like, that's, that's unbelievable. And then the day after, literally the day after, he gets another 40. Mm-hmm. Like... What's going on here? How do you average 50 <laughs> saves? Who's putting up that many shots, bro?
0: That's after like, UConn didn't really get up too many shots against UMass in both games. So. Yeah,
1: UConn is sitting there just, that's like literally a shot every minute. Yeah, Like, bro, that's ridiculous.
0: Like, that is one thing to look out for, at, I, I guess, going forward, is maybe Northeastern's defense isn't isn't very great compared to the goalie that they have like yeah
1: i mean Devin levi seems to kind of be following a similar trajectory to spencer knight yeah like spencer knight was unreal on bc um really just putting up unbelievable numbers i'm kind of hoping that levi goes pro pretty soon i don't want to worry about him for much longer um we'll see what he does but yeah i'm not trying to turn this into a northeastern hockey pod like they probably have their own thing for that and Mm. Yeah, the, they can definitely talk about it better than we can, but
0: right. dude's been nuts. Think about this. UMass scored six goals on them in one game. So, <sighs> hey. We might we, be just kryptonite. Yeah, we can get to them for yeah, sure. We'll see. So, uh, the next high-profile series that we had was just one game uh, on Saturday. It was Merrimack versus New Hampshire, and Merrimack won 4-3. to three, So, uh, UMass wasn't able to eliminate them from winning Hockey East. Uh then the rest of the scores, Providence played Maine, and Providence took both games, the second one being in overtime. And BU and BC played two games. Uh, the second game is going to be Sunday, so we don't have a score for that, but the first game was 6-3 to three BU as BC continues their, their downward spiral going into the UMass series. Um, and then one other game, UMass Lowell played uh Long Island University and they won five to one so not doesn't have any implications on Hockey East but uh with the six points UMass was able to eliminate Lowell from being able to outright win the regular season championship and with uh UConn falling to Northeastern and and UMass getting some points UConn can no longer win uh the Hockey East in the regular season but the other the other teams Merrimack, Northeastern, BU are the only teams that have a shot to uh win hockey easter or outright and then lowell also has a shot to win it uh in conjoined with somebody else yeah but uh yeah so big implications going into next weekend obviously umass is playing at bc uh northeastern is kind of the biggest one to watch the yeah. they're going to be the biggest scare for umass if that happens they have a game at vermont on tuesday and then a home and home series of so, uh, if you're a UMass fan, you got to be rooting for uh, for Merrimack to at least take a couple points there and and be able to uh, help UMass out. But if UMass gets six points, uh, their destiny is still in their own hands. So if they get six points, they will win hockey's.
1: Yeah, and I mean in the same vein, I feel like we don't want to just completely like hyper fixate on the Northeastern series. Like we have our own job to do. Absolutely. If we just win this out outright, we're we're set anyway. You know, we don't even have to worry about anybody else. But um. And I'm fully confident that we can do that because we're just, we're playing so well right now. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, BC, and that's another thing I want to mention about that, that BC BU game, or the series, was that, I mean, yeah, I guess you can say it's a BC downward spiral, but holy crap, man. BU's been nuts recently. They've, yeah,
0: they've been very I, I hot. think
1: that, I want to say their past, I'm going off the top of my head here, I think it's 16 games, they're 14 1 and 1. Like they started off, I think they were literally in like ninth place in Hockey East when they started that streak. Mm-hmm. They might, they they're they're making the climb. They're potentially you know they're potentially able to win the entire thing. Yeah. Like, unreal. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to detract from from what BU's done so far, but yeah, at the end of the day, BC hasn't been great, and I'm really hoping that we can get the job done next weekend. It's not even really a case of hope. I think we should be able to. Mm-hmm. It's just. Boys just got to come up with that same mentality that they did tonight, right? And that'll that'll guarantee it for us, I think. Right,
0: and obviously, Hockey East regular season champions is great. Uh, get to hang a ban- banner for that feat; it's ver- very impressive, especially in a conference as deep as this one. But it's not the end goal. Um, no. We're we're really looking forward to the Hockey East playoffs. Uh, pretty much, already have a home game locked up for that in Dubai, yep. and then obviously the national tournament. So. Uh, definitely bigger things ahead, but would be very cool to win the regular season championship. Um, yeah. And then looking, looking forward towards BC, they play at BC on Friday and then at Mullins on Saturday. We need as many people as possible in the seats in both arenas. I think, I think Friday at BC is going to be a UMass takeover. Usually is when we go to that building. Uh, and then we need a loud Mullins center. It's the last, last home game of the season the last the last home game of the regular season the last game of the regular season we need everybody out for for UMass for that one and it's senior night we have a lot of seniors That's huge. that we need to celebrate yep we have a bunch of them this year so uh i th- i think they would really appreciate everybody's uh everybody's support in that last game so we got Ty Farmer um done a lot for UMass in his, in his career Bobby Trevino, obviously, he's the captain. He's come on. He's yeah. done so much. Um, I, I mean, nat- he doesn't even, national championship. He,
1: he frankly doesn't need an explanation. No, like, we don't. We don't need to talk about The dude's top it, five in points all time. Like th- this guy has just done so much for the program. Yeah. The embodiment of high character. Yeah. Like he's just a wonderful addition to the program. I'm. I'm so happy that he's been able to spend time here, and I love what he's brought to the team.
0: Right, and then Garrett Waite, who scored arguably maybe the biggest goal in umass hockey's program history yeah no so obviously hasn't been with us for too long so yeah
1: he's been an unbelievable goal scorer for us especially since transferring over like we hadn't seen him all four years here and i really wish we did <laughs> like just seeing him be a part of this program for four years would have been something awesome to see but yeah super happy for him as well
0: yeah and then uh slava demin who hasn't been uh with umass for long obviously transferred over this past year but uh give a good effort for you, UMass yeah you got to give nice them plaudits
1: regardless I mean anybody that comes into this program trying to, like you know that they want to be here and that's just something to commend immediately you know what I mean regardless mm-hmm. of what's what's gone on in their season so far got to give them recognition regardless yep
0: yeah and then also Matt Baker who transferred over this year he's a graduate transfer but be honored as a senior for senior night yeah so. definitely um, who else do we have? Colin Felix, obviously. He's wearing an A. Yeah. Uh, he's done a lot of things for this program, so
1: Yeah, from what I've been hearing just from numerous fans and everything, he's such a big locker room guy. Like Carvel has not been able to talk about him enough, you know what I mean? Like he's just such a a, a great person to be around. You know what I mean? Like it's just a case of it's it's not even just what he does on the ice; it's off the ice as well. He's been he's been huge.
0: Yep, and we got Cam Donaldson, another graduate transfer who even this series was phenomenal. I Yeah, he, I think he's been stepping up. Yeah, a no, lot I was I was
1: really hoping that the transfers would kind of step up and do something. And Donaldson has really like his speed and skill really shown against a against a UVM team that, frankly, didn't have a lot. Mm-hmm. So I mean, he he looked amazing out there, and um, he was a real big spark for that fourth line. I think because. You can kind of see that Carvel would kind of switch between like a, a fourth line of death, which is grindy, gritty, big dudes, and then that fourth line of skill, just to kind of act like a you know another big skill line. So he's been very huge. Yeah, and we got more. This list is longer than I Whoa, was oh hoping my God. it would be. But I uh, shut up earlier,
0: <laughs> Anthony Del Gaiso, who obviously has done so much for for UMass. In his career, another another one of those goals that will live in UMass infamy in the semifinal in 2021. I wouldn't even say
1: infamy; I'd say fame. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I have no ill will towards his goals. His goals are awesome, but yeah, no. Such a big energy guy. Oh yeah, like just physical, very so physical. The team. Yeah, he's awesome and then
0: last but not least uh Matt Murray. We can't say enough good things about him and what he's given UMass in his in his career.
1: Yeah, no, he's he might go down as one of those like hockey like UMass hockey Hall of Fame dudes like just spending 5 years here giving so many good performances in that time frame. Like he's like he's been the guy since basically the start of the Carvel era. Mm. But, like there's, there's no other way to say. It. I mean, he he did come in. I think a year after Carvel started. I think mm. that first year was like Wishow, Renyard, and look Like <laughs> that's so long ago at this point. I feel old saying that. Like mm. that, I'm 24 and I sound yeah. old. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> but yeah, no. Murray's been such an integral part of this team. Um, I'm really interested to see what he does after UMass. I'm going to be following his career very intently. I think he has a lot more to offer the oh, sport yeah. of professional hockey. So. We'll see.
0: Yeah, and like I said, that was a little longer than we'd like it to be. We have nine seniors this year, so please get out to Mullins and give these guys a round of applause. That all of them have given so much to this program, and it wouldn't be what it is today. We wouldn't have a national championship without no any of these guys. So definitely make it out uh, in your support.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the same vein, come out to BC too. You yeah. I mean? Turn that building into Mullins East. We've been there for one game when UMass was there, and – UMass mass
0: fans take over it's a fun time yeah. so if you if you can make it on Friday night get out to Conte
1: Forum. and also I don't even want to give them the time of day but certain BC fans have been talking a lot of crap <laughs> i think if we can shove that crap down their throats and just show them what they've been talking about i think it's going to be a good feeling a feeling of revenge you know what i mean so we just need to get out there and get the job done they've been talking a lot of crap it's just fun. yeah i don't want to say rent free cuz that's not the case at all but like Geez man. Like, you know what I mean? Like crap on a team that's like worth crapping on. Not on enough. your level. You know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stop punching up. Yeah. Jesus. Figure it out.
0: Yeah. But I I think that's everything we had. Another last weekend of the regular season coming up. It's been great season again. We've been very lucky we follow this program for the last couple of years, so Excited to to cover it and get get some more content out for you guys. Yeah, I
1: wish we started the pod sooner. If we yeah. if we did this entire right. season on the pod, that'd be a hell of a thing to look back at. You know what I mean? Just kind of seeing how this team progressed through the right. whole thing. But yeah, really really looking forward to next weekend.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, keep an eye out for midweek. We have the um, the arena review for Field Fieldhouse. Going to be some interesting takes on there for sure. I think and then we uh we don't have a date yet but we also have our first ever youtube video coming out a vlog from our our trip to vermont we got a lot of good good content in that some funny moments and things like that so i think it'd be worth checking out if you're interested but other than that we had a phenomenal time in burlington thank you to the city for yeah. for having
1: us all the great restaurants all great people that we have met it's been just great time unbelievable time um yeah, I'm really looking forward to that vlog coming out. I think that's going to be a nice little, nice little treat. you know. Mm-hmm. Probably not going to happen too often because, I mean, having these types right. of big road trips is definitely something more But more, but more uh, coming in the postseason, oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Sure. We're, we're going to be getting pretty far in this postseason, I feel like, with this yeah. team. It's going to be a lot of cool places to go and venture out to. So we'll see what happens, but looking forward to it as always. Yep. All
0: right. Well, I think that's, that's about it from us for Burlington. Thank you guys for listening and
1: – Go UMass. Go UMass. Take care, everybody.